Attention audience, guess what? It's that time of the week. We love it. We can't wait for it. It's Friday, Friday, Friday Films. That's right, Friday Films, and we're back still with Bond. We're right there, though. We are so close to the end. Um, I mean, it's no longer it's no longer being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like we're cresting. You know how, like, when you're driving through a tunnel on the interstate and you get in and it gets dark, and then as you're coming out, it crests and you're watching the light come over the hood of your car. But you can't see what's past the. But you can't quite see past that though. You just see white. That's where that's where we are right now. That is right. I mean, we've got this movie, Skyfall, um, then Spectre, and then we take a long, long long break break. um, (laughs) until we get No Time to Die. Uh, What's it? November. Yeah, November. 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 Which, which, honestly, I'm okay with. Despite it screwing up our, our our scheduling as far as us doing. The last twenty-two weeks of Bond, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and expecting it to be out by now. Uh, it's it's November, and as I said, and we just and we'll get into it with this movie too. Bond movies are are traditionally November releases, so yep. or at least the more recent ones are over the last couple of decades, which will still be good. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this more in the next episode, but um, you know, obviously, this season of Friday films will take a short break, but we will come back when the, the final Daniel Craig movie is out. Uh, but Friday films will keep going strong. We're going to have a little break and have another season. Yes. Um, and hopefully with everything going on, we'll get back to a n- little bit better normal schedule. I know the last week or two we've been kind of out um, out of whack with everything going on, but we should be good. But with that out of the way, are you ready for Skyfall? Yes, I'm so ready for Skyfall. This so, movie was this movie was going going into this movie. It was my second favorite of the Daniel Craig movies, and I still maintain it. It is a very, very good movie, a very well made movie. Um, it's a breath of fresh air compared to last week's Quantum of Solace for me. Oh yes, oh yes. Where like like we will even get to it when when we're when we're going through the review, but the action sequences in this movie were still good, but they were so much slower paced and I could actually see things rather than there's Bond's knuckle. Yes, yes. I think that was it his was... leg. I'm not sure, but everything moved so quickly in Quantum of Solace. It was nice to kind of slow it all down and actually get to see things mm-hmm. happen. Um, it, it definitely was a better paced movie. Uh, I thought it was obviously a better story and all as well. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed from this movie, which I'm sure I'll, I'll hit on throughout the review, but I want to make sure I clarify that it, I try not to let it affect my rating of this movie because it is not something we've been rating through at the very beginning, but I've, I really, really enjoyed the cinematic point of view from this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. the way they did a lot of the scenes and the colors and the way it was directed. Um, I'm sure I'll mention this again throughout the uh, review, but I kept getting impressions of this was coming right out of a comic book at different times. Inc- uh, yes, incredibly well it. filmed, loved incredibly it. well and shot and blocked. It was directed too with a, yeah. uh, and edited with the music. Some of the scenes with the way the music kind of slightly creeps in as he's kind of like 
hey, I'm Bond. Like, like they just scream like they were coming off a comic book. Um, mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I forgot how much I enjoyed it until I watched the movie again. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this movie being like one of my favorites when it first came out just because of all of those different things. Um, and being someone who's had a you know slight background in, in video and all that, um, it was definitely something I looked at and really, really enjoyed. Uh, and I'll hit on that as we go. But I very, very much enjoyed this movie. And I'm excited to see where we uh, rate it when we get to the end, because uh, it wasn't it wasn't the best, but it was definitely up there. Um, <laughs> Are you ready to get into it? Yeah, I was gonna say. With that said, do you want to take us off? Absolutely. Skyfall, released November 9th, twenty twelve. Not all that long ago, merely eight years ago, or almost eight years ago. Uh, Runtime of two hours and 23 minutes, so it is on the longer side up there with uh, Casino Royale and on Her Majesty's mm-hmm. Secret Service. If I remember correctly, I think Spectre is pretty long, kind of up there as well. I think Spectre I think is it was. the two-hour mark. Um, maybe not as long, but directed by good old Sam Mendes, uh, starring yet again Daniel Craig, Dame Judi Dench, Javier Bardem. Which we'll get into. I love that man in every movie he does, but this movie in particular. Naomi Harris and Ralph Fiennes. Budget of... You ready for this, Jordan? I am. Two hundred million dollars. Damn. That's a lot of money. Super, super big budget. I think the last one was 150 million so this one's 50 million dollars more than quantum of solace um but at the same time it doesn't feel like it's more expensive it feels more grounded no it definitely does um and i mean you can probably argue that that money went towards just the fact that times have changed economy all that stuff you know move to make movies just cost well, more in general th- there there um, are more visual effects in this movie i will say that i we I I say did more spot, on the semantic yeah. yeah i did spot more um cgi more visual effects than 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 mm-hmm. had been in previous daniel craig movies um but not to a fault like, no i like, would say like, it definitely strengthened the movie instead of throwing more explosions and crazy exactly. chase or fight scenes you yeah. know like it, it did not do the uh the die another day approach where it was like oh it's the early 2000s we can do cgi let's do everything cgi yeah no it was um, it was done in a nice tasteful no, it was, way it was to complement what was on the already already being filmed which is which is good Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, budget of two hundred million dollars, and I'll get into it in trivia t- trivia time. They made their money back and then some with this movie. Wow, nice. Um, so no no problems there. Um, but yeah, so from here we open to my favorite opening in any Bond movie so Agreed. far. Agreed. You open. And it immediately you see a shot going down the hallway, Bond walking towards camera, but you can't see his face. And when the movie starts, it starts with the Bond beat, the da-da, da-da, yes. da-da, as he's walking towards camera. Um, and it's revealed Daniel Craig's James Bond. Uh, yeah, because you see the, his eyes like come into the, the sunlight. Exactly. The shot. Um, 
cuts over his shoulder and we he goes in he's investigating a room with multiple dead guys spots a laptop with a removed hard drive and he's communicating with M through his little earpiece this whole time tries to save another agent but is ordered by M to leave um, and we get the sense of all right well Bonds listening to M Bonds um, you know, Runson was the other agent's name because they Runson, they, they, they make reference to it later on in the movie too so I made sure um, I got his name down yes Runson but uh you know Bond is given the order to, by M to leave and follows orders. So this is a more mature and older Bond than mm-hmm. we've seen in the last two movies. You can also tell that he doesn't want to because he knows Runson's in bad shape and like he yes. wants to try and help him and stabilize him. Yes. And he kind of gives that look to Runson before he leaves. He even stops and does a double take and is like, yeah, yeah. yeah the mission. I may see you, I may not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Bond then goes back into the streets where he's picked up by his fellow female agent friend, who we'll get to later on the new movie numerous times, um, mm-hmm. and follows the big baddie who is in a black Audi. Um, I, I have to say, I love this scene as they're driving through town, the little wit that starts with them. You know, when she takes a turn and cuts it too, tar- uh, too tight and, like, knocks off the mirror. And he's like, well, you weren't using it anyway. So she, like, yeah. hits the other side. Like, I wasn't using that one either. Using that one either. <laughs> yep. Little little cute um, back and forth and whatnot. And I like where they're, they're neck and neck with the black Audi and they're, and they're scraping, trading paint, whatnot. And Bond finally just grabs a wheel and is like, listen, I got this. And, and just, just slams yep. it into it. Because uh, the other agent's just being a little too gentle. They flip the Audi. They flip over the enemy outer and a gunfight breaks out right as police arrive on motorcycles and they are immediately taken out. Instantly taken out. They, yeah, I thought like they were going to be a much, much bigger part of this chase. They weren't. Mm-hmm. They were taken out instantly. Uh, just long enough for both Bond and the baddie to steal a motorcycle and we've got another motor- motorcycle chase time, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, chasing each other back and forth, upstairs, on rooftops, all sorts of stuff. Bond's fellow agent is trying to uh, intercept the bad, uh, the bad guy on a bridge. They come to the bridge, but the bad guy ditches his motorcycle, jumps off the edge of the bridge onto a train that was conveniently placed below them because this is a Bond movie. And that's yes. how those things happen. All the bad guys know the train schedule and when you need to jump on it at the exact moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Um, hey, right. Every you single kinda, time. You also start to see that this uh, fellow female agent's kind of new, too, because like she runs after and is just, you know, people all around just starting, you know, guns blazing at this guy. And you can tell Bond kind of pulls up and is like, what are you doing, in a way? Like, and yeah, he kind of like just jumps chill. over onto the train as well. Yeah, just chill. But yeah, Bond, Bond jumps off uh, onto the train as well. And I loved how he does it, though, where he slams his motorcycle into the edge of the bridge and, like flips and it over. just throws himself onto the train. So it's not mm. like him jumping off the bridge, him crashing the motorcycle into the side of the bridge and letting that throw him onto the, onto the train. Um, so he's onto the, he's on the train. Fellow agent is chasing them down, following behind in a car. Yeah. Cause M tells um, him to, tells yep. her to follow. On the train, they're shooting back and you know shooting back and forth. Bond runs out of ammo and decides the bright idea of taking control of a giant digger that's being transported on the train. But he's shot in the shoulder while this mm-hmm. all is going on. He is able to, however, maneuver the digger and use it as a shield to prevent protect the bullets. And it looks like the bad guy is actually has blown out the connected whatever the thing that connects the two train he's cars together. The chain. Yeah, he's decoupling the train. And he's about to pull away, but not, 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 no, not on Bond's watch, ladies yep. and gentlemen. Bond, uh, Bond slams the end of that digger into the 
the train car, reconnecting them temporarily as he gets out, runs up the top of the uh, runs up the top of the digger and jumps straight into the passenger car as the digger pulls out the backside of the train yep. love, and it separates. I love this scene. As soon as he and lands. Then, dude, stands up, straightens his jacket like a boss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a boss. Gunshot wound in the shoulder, straightens his jacket, and continues on with the chase. Um, and, I, and I liked how, even during all this, like, you had the female agent kind of in the car on the dirt road next to it, kind of like, you know, throwing commands like, hey, he's still on the train, or hey, he's decoupling the train, kind of like helping him out. But at this point, it's like, she can't really do anything, so she kind of takes off. But Bond's like, I got this. And just like yeah. keeps on going. It's all good. It's all gravy. Um... So he he's in the passenger star, straightens, straightens his jacket, and then we cut basically to them on the rooftop. They have a rooftop train fight situation mm-hmm. going on. A um, lot of back and forth, really cool choreography, and, and I'll get to it more in trivia time, but you can definitely tell that this is Daniel Craig doing all of these things because they never cut away from him. Yeah, It's never cut, it's never cut away. You never see him from the back. It's you, they want to make it very clear that he's the one doing this, um, which I think was really, really cool. Uh, the last second, they both duck down. And they're going through. They're going through a tunnel, and I like this scene because they're fighting each other in the tunnel while both laying down. Yeah, which is pretty, pretty neat. Fighting over the hard drive. Um, while they're in the tunnel, the other agent goes around, lines up a shot, waiting for them to come out, trying to you know help Bond help Bond out for when they finally exit the tunnel. But when they exit the tunnel, tunnel, there's not a clean shot. Bond and the guy are standing back up on the train fighting. Bonds always seems to be in the shot trying to you know trying to take him out. And I think at one point, I mean the the other guy had Bond kind of like a chokehold, so she didn't have a cl- all she could see was Bond, and she could mm-hmm. couldn't get a shot behind them. Um, she reports this back to M, but M orders her to fire anyway. To take and she shot. does. She takes the shot and she completely misses the bi- the baddie, and hits Bond instead, causing him to fall off the train into the water below and the baddie escapes this cut- scene was was it was it was crazy because the build-up if you listen to the music and the action yes. everything's going it's building it's building and you hear M take the bloody shot and boom and as soon as she fires you hear that gunfire and it's not like slow-mo it's like boom there goes bond off the bad guy just kind of looks over and just kind of like kind of like waves in a little way, yeah. ducks down and goes back through the tunnel. And she's just like, uh, 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 I just, I just, you know, like, you can tell she's <laughs> freaking out. And all she yeah. says is agent down. Yep. And it's like, that's it. it. Yep. And you see, you see him when you hear the agent down, you see him turn around and it's kind of like her reflection yeah. on the window where she's reflecting uh, reflecting on her decision mm-hmm. as you as it cuts to seeing bond's bond's body fall over a waterfall and we transition into the intro song and that's it i mean that's that's uh, the end of james bond in <laughs> review bond's dead so uh join us next time when we review um how to train your dragon <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um, no this Just intro kidding. i fucking love this intro i love the song adele yes. nailed it and this was all over everywhere in 2012 everyone oh, yeah. was, it was all about it this was freaking a huge song. song it was a huge song huge um, huge she song. got a lot of awards in all four too i remember that mm-hmm. uh, but um, it was in my opinion an amazing bond song yeah i mean it was a good song let alone by itself but it was the bond song that we needed for this movie Mm-hmm. Um, just like some of the other ones made the movie intros and all. This one definitely kept the pace going and was super strong. 
Yep. Um, even the motion graphics, man. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. elements. You see elements of Casino Royale with like some some small cell shading moments. You see some elements of GoldenEye with these large structures rising out of the ground, like the um, hammer and sickle did in GoldenEye. You know, it's it's you're seeing all of these different yeah. elements, and the coloring is great. There's so many blues. There's blacks. There's whites. There's contrasting yes. with hard reds when you see like the graveyards and and and, and, mm-hmm. and whatnot in it. It's it's so well designed. The only thing still had the that, I, on too. that I did not like and I did I thought took away from the intro was the Chinese dragons. I could see that. I mean granted I, I, I understand the, 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 the effect on the Chinese dragons yeah. did not work and we didn't spend long enough in China in the movie for it to be No, I mean it, important. You know. You have like a, what, a good Maybe half hour or more. I mean, we, yeah, we probably spent about a half hour in the mo- there in the movie, but it's it's not a focal point. I mean, our no, bad really guy isn't. is not I a mean, Chinese bad guy. He, he's not, you know. No, it's just where he goes to try and track down. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's such a small detail. It's kind of like the scorpions from uh, from the Die Another Day intro. Yeah, that's true. Where they were so heavily featured, but they had they were mentioned for one line in the movie yeah but the only you know? difference there is that was part of the intro that because that intro was a transition of it was supposed to be bond being tortured and he was being yeah, tortured yeah. by the scorpions which was neat but still um, which, it so was the scorpions made a little bit more sense in that one than the dragons <laughs> in this one but um it, all together it is a still a very good yeah. intro um i love the silhouettes and all are still there uh, i love the transition of bond washing down the um stream until he sinks into the mm-hmm. water which carries straight into this um, so all in all, it is very, very good. Um, loved it. Loved it. Great song. Great intro. And I love one of my that, favorites. I, I love they learned from Quantum of Solace where, you know, one of my biggest complaints about Quantum of Solace's intro was it's a good song, Jack White and Alicia Keys, but it, it was doesn't a feel song. like a, it does like, it doesn't feel like a Bond song mm-hmm. and the whole intro, while there were some cool CGI effects, but the whole intro didn't feel like a Bond intro. It felt like a Born Identity intro or a yeah. Mission Impossible. Or just intro. like a random you know, music video. Yeah, it wasn't Bond. It yep. was it was stealth action, yes, but it was not Bond. Yep. This is Bond. This is definitely a Bond um, Bond intro, which worked really well. So we'll we'll uh, <laughs> let's move on from the intro because I could talk about this intro for for forever. I know. Yeah, be <laughs> the whole review is just on intros. Right. So back in jolly old England, M is sitting down and writing good old Bond's obituary. Uh, then we, yeah, writing the writing the obituary, and then we see her meeting with Ralph Ralph Fiennes' character, aka Mallory, good is his Mallory. name. Um, yeah, yeah, foreshadowing. If you didn't happen to watch the movie, Mallory. Yeah. I I liked Mally's introduction <laughs> into this movie too because he yeah, was kind of like he was supposed to be not really M's boss but like well I think he, he was some type of like assistant to the prime minister or something I can't remember exactly yeah, what he's his a position representative was, from the prime minister's office yeah he was like an in between M and the prime minister. He's essentially add. he's essentially there overseeing the investigation into yes into M and what happened with Bond and letting the the hard drive go and all yeah. of this stuff. Which um, they also review what was on the hard drive because we knew this hard drive was very important, but it's not until now we know why. Yes, yes. Um, 
Mallory and M are having a, having a conversation where M's basically being forced into retirement because of the incident losing the hard drive, with, with which we find out contained the identity of every NATO agent that is undercover with terrorist organizations around the globe. Mm-hmm. So That they weren't even supposed to have. No one knew they had yes. them. So not a good thing. Um, I do like this scene, though, because we do see Judy, Judy Dench is still a badass. And she's like, well, mm-hmm. listen, you know, you might be forcing me into retirement. But as of now, I'm still in charge and we're doing things this fucking way. Yeah. And she's like, and I'm not leaving until the job's done. Exactly. Um, which I love. So she leaves. And when they're in their car, when they're in their car leaving, they get an alert. Uh, someone's trying to access the missing hard drive. Mm-hmm. They track it down. Oh, no, it's in it's in it's in Europe. And I oh love God, how it's in, it's in England. Oh my God, it's in London. Uh, M, it's coming from your computer at MI6 headquarters. And what I love is that they get this call from Q Branch. They mention that too. I'm like, oh, Q yeah. Branch, yes. <laughs> I, I got excited when I heard that. Um, but yeah, so M gives the order to immediately shut it down, and it's met with a message. This, you know, don't forget the sins of your past or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see that there, there's, there's hella traffic in London and there's police that stop the car in front of them. M gets out all pissed off going, move your car. We got shit to deal with. Like, don't you recognize the tags? You know who we are? Exactly. And we see in the distance the top floor of MI6 exploding. Catastrophically exploding. Like, mm-hmm. that would be a big, big international news story if that happened. Yes. But we don't have time to linger on that because we cut to good old Jimmy Jimbo James Bond making <laughs> epic sexy time in a beachside cabin, cabin, eating pain pills like they're candy and yeah. taking scorpion shots at the local bar. I love that scene. <laughs> I, I, to sum it up, some of my favorite scenes in this whole movie are all in, if you're watching the DVD, the like DVD main menu, like all the scenes they cut through the, the <laughs> those cinematic. Are go-tos? Movie, th- those are my go-tos of this movie. Cause that Scorpion scene was definitely one of them. Um, yeah. but it's still, it was neat to watch, but it still shows that even with bonds, like fake death or he's like retirement death, whatever you want to call it. He's still bond. <laughs> he he didn't miss indeed. He is indeed. So after taking the scorpion shots, we cut to Bond waking up at that very same bar the next morning. He just slept there on the counter. He wakes up. He immediately drops some money, grabs the liquor from behind the counter, pours himself uh, a good old hair of the dog, and sees a news story about the MI6 incident on the news on the television at the bar. Mm -hmm. Then we cut straight to M looking over the caskets. Of the dead av- ad- dead agents at the MI6 headquarters. M arrives home shortly after to find none other than Bond waiting for her in her house. Yet again, for the second time in this block, yes. Bond breaks into her house. But Bond is uh, not the same Bond. He is piss-ass drunk right now. Yes. Uh, I, I love and I love how too. M's response is, where the hell have you been? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I love about it, though is because when she like walks in, um, what does he say? He says something about he was he's enjoying death, but he also says you know 007 reporting for duty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's just like still lurking in the shadows, so you don't even see Hell his yeah. face during all of this until um, she flips the lights on. 
it's revealed that Bond is very upset uh, about M's decision, and and this is echoed throughout this movie. And it's essentially this 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 whole movie is a is a is a mirror of the protagonist and the antagonist, <clears throat> where they're they're two sides of the same coin. It's it's the same person if a different decision had been made, basically. Yeah, which is which is interesting. They're parallel versions of each other, um, which is which is rather unique. And I think it also um, helped with the story too. It did very much so, very much so. So Bond is hurt and upset about M's, division, M's decision to to take the shot, essentially. Uh, but he knows that Jolly Old England needs him, and this is and even M says that's why you're back, as you know, mm-hmm. we can't do it without you. So Bond and, uh, comes back, but first he must be a, be a, assessed for field readiness. And, and he would only be allowed back in the field if he passes these tests. And I like during this conversation because you, you kind of, they, they both kind of explain like their, their meaning behind it. You know, like how, why Bond just after being killed essentially just vanished because he was ticked off with M and all. But M also was like, look, it was either the uncertainty or the possibility of losing an agent or the certainty that I was going to lose the lives of all of the other agents. So I had to make a judgment call. Mm-hmm. You know, and I made the right call. But I mean, then that's her defend herself. But I like through all this, you know, she tells him he has got to get back into, you know, pretty much be cleared to get back into active duty. But during all of this, they talk about his his death and um, about how all of his stuff was, uh, you know, the during protocol. You know, they he said something about going home and taking a shower, and she's like, "Well, we sold your loft, you know, protocol." Yeah. You have no next to kin or anything like that, so we put all your stuff in storage and sold your place. And he's like, "All right, well, I I guess I'll find a place to stay." She's like, "Well, you're bloody the hell not staying yeah. here." <laughs> I guess I'll go to a hotel. Well, I certainly hope so because you ain't staying here. <laughs> uh, she's like, "You you should have wrote or you should have called or something." <laughs> uh, so I like that little um, banter between them that they still have even <clears throat> after all this. I was like, well, that, that's your fault. <laughs> the next day. Bond is debriefed about the events and taken to MI6's new super secret lair, which is pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Bond goes through a series of rigorous tests, testing him for his field readiness. He's running the treadmill. He's he's doing pull-ups, you know, all while he's being debriefed by whatever that dude's name I always forget. Uh, Tanner. Or Turner. Ta- Turner, Tanner, Turner, something like that. Turner, whatever. Uh, we see that Bond also is not as good of a shot anymore. You know, the bullet in his shoulder is is messing with him. He can't hold steady. Um, and you see so it through the physical routine too. He's not doing as many sit ups. Yeah, he's you know, he's seeing the strainless yeah, face when he's trying to do the pull ups. He has to stop and take a break. He's a lot more fatigued. Um, he sits down to be assessed by a psychologist that goes through several terms that, that uh, word association, know, word association, which is great. And I love when they he he says M and Bond goes bitch. Yeah. But then he says, "Then the psychologist." Yeah, but then the psychologist says Skyfall, and that triggers something within Bond's mind, and he seems to get a little bit upset about that. Then we cut to Bond. Yeah, tired he doesn't of this answer. Shit. He doesn't answer. No, because when soon he says Skyfall, he's like done and gets up and walks out of the yep. room. And Mallory and all is on the other side watching, kind of overviewing. He's like, "Well, this is off to a good start." <laughs> um, Bond gets tired of being behind the rest of the class, however, and takes an opportunity to dig out the bullet fragments from his shoulder by himself. 
mm-hmm. uh, brings them to a tech and orders them to be analyzed for M's Back eyes only. Yep. Um, we cut to Bond being met by the agent from the beginning who shot him. And they have a little bit of casual chit-chat, nothing too serious. A lot of jokes about Bond being shot and, yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Rather, rather and cute. And about um, her being suspended from field work for the time being. Yes. Um, and I think Bond's like, well, for what it's worth, I feel safer. <laughs> yes, for what <laughs> like it's they worth, have I feel a, safer. They have the little uh, banter, which is really good. I, I enjoyed that scene between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, Bond meets with him and Mallory. Uh, where M says that he's been cleared for duty by the skin of his teeth. Mm-hmm. They have a little t- conversation back and forth about what the what the game plan is, but Mallory is not afraid to call out M on her bullshit and calls M out on being very sentimental for Bond, mm-hmm. which gets in the way of her judgment. Bond and M then then proceed to go over the data acquired from the bullet from Bond's shoulder and are able to track down the guy where they were chasing in the beginning. Yeah. Batty number one, I'll refer to him as. Where it's revealed um, that Batty number one, Pierre, Pierre Patrice, 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 that's it. That's what I kept calling him Patrice, yep. Where Patrice will be in Shanghai in two days. Side note, in this scene in particular, I know it's intentional because we're supposed to be seeing an older Bond, a Bond that's a little bit behind the curve right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Craig got skinnier for this movie. Granted, he's still jacked. He's still oh, yeah. muscular. But he's not the brute that we saw in Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his, his neck's a lot skinnier. He's, he's more defined rather than like Hugh Jackman, you know? Yeah. Um, so you, you see a little bit of a, of, of an older bond in this. Uh, I think for good so, reason too, because towards the end of the movie, you start to see the normal bond back. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like he, he's the rougher bond now, but it, it's the only thing I don't like about this, as we'll get into later on, is I feel it's too quick of a, of a turnaround for him to come back. He looks really rough in the beginning. At the end, he looks like nothing ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once Bond leaves the room, M does admit that Bond didn't actually pass any of the tests to be cleared for duty. I know. So I, lo- I love that. She's scene. sending him back into it completely un- uncleared by anybody. Yeah. Because that, that's um, what uh, I think Turner was like, I didn't know Bond passed the test. She's like, he didn't, and just walks away. <laughs> um, also, real quick reference in this um, scene, because I know it's going to come back later on. This was after the explosion, and when before Mallory walks in, Bond's sitting there talking to M and sees the little Brit- uh, the little bulldog thing sitting yes. on her desk. And he's like, the whole place goes up, and that thing survives. Somehow that thing survives. Yeah, and I can't remember what she says. She makes some remark, but I know that's going to hit back later in the movie towards yeah. the end. Um, so I wanted to point that out there. But I, I love that. He's like, the whole whole building goes up, and that stupid thing still survives. Because he, like, <laughs> he doesn't like it at all. He hates it. <laughs> um. But anyway, from here, M gives Bond the order to go, you know, go to Shanghai, take care of business, but make sure you check in with Q Branch first before you go. Yeah, we'll find a way for you guys to meet up. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen. For the new quartermaster. What does that bring us to, Jordan? This now brings us to Q time and not in the normal place. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for Q Time, the first ever Q Time for the Daniel Craig block of James Bond's. I'm not going to sit here and 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 pretend that nothing happened to, to good old Desmond Llewellyn. We've missed him so much over the mm-hmm. past one, two, three, four, 
three, three movies. <laughs> yeah, the last of Brosnan and the it, first two of Craig. It feels like it's been so long since we've seen him. That's Granted, it has technically because this movie was 2012. The last time we saw Desmond Llewellyn Lew- Lew- was 99, so it has been 13 years technically. Yep, yep. But even three Crazy. reviews for us, so that's right, that's right. Um, but I'm not going to pretend, sit here and pretend that Des- Desmond Llewellyn didn't go. But ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, we do have a much younger, still fun, but much more serious cue. Um, going on here, they meet in the, the 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 museum and whatnot, right? It's like a, yeah, like an art gallery museum because yeah, they're both yeah. kind of staring at a, a painting when they first you know start talking to each other. And Bond goes to get up to walk away. He's like, I don't know who this kid is, and then yeah. he introduces himself. He's like, You've got to be kidding me! <laughs> you don't even have spots. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I I love the little banter back and forth, which is which is rather cute. Um, and this is where we get, I'm not even going to pretend to be a salesman on this one, guys, because there's only two gadgets for you this week. They're both good, but they neither one of them lasts halfway through the movie. No, and <laughs> pretty much any other gadget that's in this movie is only mentioned from previous movies, which yes. I love. Um, new, Q, new Q gives Bond a DNA, DNA grip gun that will only fire with his, with his, with his fingerprint, basically. Yep. And just your bog standard radio transmitter. Distress signal, yep. Distress signal, which reminds me, it's basically the same thing that we had in the uh, Spy Who Loved Me that was in uh, Roger Moore's shoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the little uh, thing he activated and put in his shoe. And what I like about this scene is because when Bond and Q are having this banter where they don't really trust each other, just the typical field agent versus the tech behind the computer, why they don't see the purpose of the other person's job they through the banter they come to a respectful agreement with each other and there's like yep. okay q 007 you know it's like all right we're going the same turns and then like you know he hands over the box which has the, the walter ppk and the transmitter and bonds is like wow this kind of doesn't even feel like christmas and he's like what do you expect an exploding pen we don't really do that anymore <laughs> like, I, like i love that and he's like, all right. <laughs> um, um, and I do love like the last thing he says though is a is a direct reference to the Desmond Lew- Desmond Llewellyn Q, which was, please re- please do, please please try please do try and return the equipment all in one piece. Mm-hmm. Um, which is exactly what Desmond Llewellyn would say is Q. So I, I I do like the tribute, and that is one of the things that this movie. I mean it. It leans on nostalgia a little bit with some of the references to the older things, but yes. it's done in such a tasteful way. It does. And, and I think it's one of those things that it's where... Not cam- it's not campy. You no. Know? Anyone who's followed the Bond movies up to this point knows exactly what they're referencing. However, anybody new to the, the franchise jumping in right at Daniel Craig's won't really probably won't really understand it, but it still doesn't hurt the movie. It's, it's put in there where mm. it's like an Easter egg. You know, yeah. all the old uh, Bond movies and their Easter eggs, kind of like, uh, what was the, um, was it Dying of the Day with a reference when um, Pierce Brosnan was walking around in Q Labs and it had like the jetpack and all that in the background, stuff like that. Yeah, that was Dying of the Day. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the the little Easter eggs it, it are done very tastefully in this movie, in mm-hmm. my opinion. 
But from Q time, we cut to Shanghai, where Bond is just kind of wandering around, grabbing a drink, killing time, taking a swim. And he gets a text about a flight arrival time, where he shows up disguised as a, as a driver for some strange reason, because he's only in this outfit for all of about two seconds, mm-hmm. where he sees the baddie, Patrice, well, get off the plane, and Bond proceeds to follow him. In his car, and then, Patrice, go ahead. I was gonna say the thing about this is if you have to, if you think about it, Patrice was face to face fighting Bond, and last Patrice saw, Bond was killed and thrown off a train. So you know, Bond wants to kind of disguise himself so that Patrice doesn't recognize him and panic as soon as he lands. You know, he wants to be uh, able to keep from a distance. I don't think you needed it though. There was no. I mean, there was, maybe there not, was still no was, need for it. It was yeah. a way for Bond to kind of like. See Patrice and stealthily I got follow a him feeling, without. To be giving honest off with you, yeah. I think that's a remnant of another scene that may have been in there. Yeah, it could have been. Because you only see him in it for ha- literally half a second. There was zero point for that for that to be there if it was only going to be on screen for like half a second. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think it's a remnant from a from a from a more involved scene, but who knows? Um, but anyway. Bond Bond proceeds to follow Patrice where he is dropped off at an office building. Goes right inside, immediately shoots the security guard inside, and Bond hops out and doesn't immediately start a fight, which I like, just kind of follows him. It's basically like this gigantic game of Hansel and Gretel, Mm -hmm. where Patrice is just leaving bodies around this office building, and Bond's like, oh, he went this way. Oh, looks like he went upstairs. Mm -hmm. Oh, would you look at that? And then cuts a corner and sees Patrice hopping onto an elevator where Bond waits for the elevator to go up just enough that he jumps and grabs onto the bottom of it so that Patrice can't see him as they're going up. And this is where we see that Bond might not actually be ready because we see that he has a hard time keeping his grip and his arm actually, his you know, weak arm from the shoulder actually slips off. Mm-hmm. And he has to readjust, so... Bond's, Bond's missing a step. He's not quite all back. But that doesn't stop him from following Patrice to the very top, very, very top floor, which for some reason in this office building is nothing but glass rooms. Yeah, and you can tell it was still like, uh, I don't want to say under construction, but I mean, essentially it was because they didn't have office furniture or anything in there that was still kind of like... They'd almost just finished the floor, but it wasn't quite ready to move stuff in yet type deal. It's just all glass rooms. Yeah. It's just all glass with an awesome projection screen on the outside coming in from the outside of the building, which is kind of cool. Yes. Um, Another cinematic uh, scene. We're going to get to a moment. We're getting to a moment here that I fucking loved. Yeah. Um, But Patrice is setting up a gun, cutting a hole into the glass and preparing to snipe a man in a building across the way that's there for a meeting uh, while Bond is is sneaking up behind Patrice and kind of letting this all happen. He's just kind of like, I need to learn more before I, before I make my move, essentially. Mm-hmm. So Bond lets Patrice assassinate this guy uh, in the building across. And right after that happens, Patrice spots Bond's reflection in the glass behind him and a fight immediately breaks out. And this is the scene I was talking about that I fucking love. Yes, this is a good scene, but I also liked how when Bond sneaks into the room the first, 
because of all the reflections and stuff going on, Patrice stops and looks at him, and Bond just kind of freezes, like getting ready to like retaliate, yeah. like in defensive, and realizes that Patrice doesn't see him at first because the reflections are going off the glass. And since Bond had the door just turned enough, Patrice can't see him. And look, I, yeah. I love that because it's like it's setting things up with these reflections and all like, leading into the scene right now, which you're talking yeah. about. Which I love this scene. It's basically a dark scene where they're in shadow, and all you can see is is them fighting struggling for the gun with the gun going off every now and then um against the backdrop of this you know, the jellyfish that's being projected onto the side of the building mm-hmm. you know i love it it's and it, and it goes on just long enough where it's not too long but it's just long enough and it's not a there's not like high energy music behind it it's very subtle music and you're basically just hearing them fight which is which is incredibly well done, and and like you said, they're they're silhouettes. So it kind of has in my mind. I, I flash back to like the intros on where you always have the silhouettes. I'm like, this could have been an intro scene. I mean, like this is this is epic. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Bond gets the other, the upper hand, however, and Patrice falls off the side. Bond's holding on to him and proceeds to interrogate him. Um, you know about the inv- the events, the hard drive, everything before. Bonds, you know, gives out, his arm gives out, and Patrice falls to his death without saying a word from the, looked like it was like the 30th floor. It was way Uh, Yeah, it was up there. there. So Patrice is dead. But we see across the way a woman that was in in the conference room with the man that was shot spots Bond, and they make eye contact in a very, very strange way with this woman and then we cut to bond investigating patrice's tool bag where he finds a chip like a casino chip i like how um bond vanishes in that scene too like they're, they're meeting eyes and then i guess the projector or whatever they kind of like does a quick like fade to black and then comes back uh-huh. on and in that quick second he's gone like it's like oh well he hasn't missed all of his steps yet yeah yep. you know um, so Bond find, finds that casino chip, and we cut back to M, who is hesitant to open another viral message that she seems to she she seems to have received that contains a link, but she's curious enough and clicks the link where it brings her to a YouTube video that is exposing the identity of the first of five agents from that list, and will continue to reveal the identity of five more every single week. M immediately gets on the horn and like, listen, they just, he just, whoever this is, just put out the first five agents, do what you can. They need, you know, get them out of the field. Um, and, and again, we get that line of, you know, remember the sins of your past. Mm-hmm. Cut to Macau. I believe we, second time we've been to Macau, not in this movie, but in Bond history. We've been here once or twice before. Was it Macau? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't write it down. I wasn't paying attention to that. Yep. I know they changed Cut. locations, but yes. Cut to Macau, where Bond is uh, is met by his fellow agent from the beginning. Uh, she catches she catches Bond up on the list being exposed and what's going on. And then they have a very sensual, flirty, semi serious moment. Where they don't make the sexy time. But Bond's shaving with a straight razor, by the way. Old school. Which is an awesome way to shave if you've never shaved with a straight razor. 
be very careful. You will freaking cut your cut your own throat if you're not careful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those things are no joke. Um, and the female agent proceeds proceeds to begin to to shave Bond, and it's a very sensual moment, but it's kind of a it's more of a flirt rather than a this is a Bond girl. So we're building this relationship between these two. Yeah. And it's kind of curious where it's going to, where, where's it going to go? You're kind of sitting here going, well, she's not a Bond girl because she's an MI6 agent, but she keeps showing up way too much to not be important. And they haven't really said her name yet. No. And, and what's going on here? And they, they kind of like, in this scene, they kind of throw you off because, you know, she shows up with, you know, I think she says that she's there to catch Bond up on the recent events going on with M and the new agents being mm-hmm. released and all that stuff. And Bond's like, oh, okay. And then, like, as they're doing this flirty shaving scene and all, and they're talking a little bit more about her time in the field and or being, mm-hmm. you know, put back on the desk, you know, he, he mentions that, you know, essentially she's just there to be a spy for Mallory because she's now working for Mallory. Yeah. And essentially that's why she's there. And he also references the fact that, M's already told him all this and called him up on everything. So why is she really there? So it's kind of made to believe that she's there to get close to bond, to figure out what he's doing so that she can report back to Mallory about, you know, his adventures in the field and if it's, you know, working or not. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of making it seem like she's not really the bad guy, but she's not really the good guy either. Like she's kind of another agent that's there again you know kind of not really help bond but not necessarily hurt him either if that makes sense she could be though i remember the first time i saw this movie yeah. in theaters i was like she's absolutely working for the bad guy yeah yeah i was I like mean, she's it's... absolutely a bad guy uh, but it's then like when portrayed. we got to when we got to this scene i was like no she's not a bad guy yeah i thought for sure up until this moment that she she was um, but there's something about their their relationship in this scene that's like, no, she's just mm-hmm. doing her job, essentially. But then we cut to Bond arriving in the coolest way possible to an awesome Chinese party. Yes. Standing on a boat as it's being rowed in between Chinese lanterns and fireworks going on. The way on, the light hits. Standing the there music. like a boss. Just Oh, it's such and, a great And you way got to... the, the Bond music just kind of like slowly, note by yep. note, taken off in the play. Again, another one of those um, main menu scenes, awesome cinematics, straight out of a comic book. I mean, comic book was just screaming to me in this scene. Mm-hmm. It, oh, it yeah. was amazing, amazing, amazing scene. Hands down, absolutely. Um, but the Bond gets to the party and he sees that his, his lady agent friend is there as well. They both look around and assess the party. Make their make their game plan. Uh, Bond goes up and cashes in the chip at the mm-hmm. uh, at the at the counter, where they're like, "All right, hold on a minute." And while Bond's waiting, he looks over and he spots the lady from the building from earlier. On what? Uh, it's like the balcony, yeah, yeah it's on the like balcony, on a balcony area. stair area. Mm-hmm. And while Bond spots her, he's delivered a briefcase that is full of money. Mm-hmm completely full of money and uh, a bunch of chips and whatnot that are on the house. So Bond decides to go and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe invest some of this money and, you know, gamble a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Roll the dice, if you will. But he did attract the attention of our lady friend from earlier. So she and Bond have a nice little chat. We find out her name is Servine. 
Her and Vaughn decide to go and grab a drink where Bond wants to meet with her employer. And she's like, no, no, you don't. It's all Mm -hmm. good. Don't worry about it. But Bond immediately digs deep into her soul and identifies her as a, by her tattoo, as essentially a sex slave, since this is a high sex traffic area where she's being and picks up that she's being controlled by her employer because of fear. Mm Mm-hmm. Bond reaches out and offers to help her, and she agrees. She's like, yo, you saw through this. Uh, Thank you. Do you think you can kill him? You know, do you think you can take him out? And Bond's like, yes. So they set up a meeting place if Bond survives her guards. Because she, she fully tells him that, listen, we're having this conversation. Nobody can hear us, but the moment I leave, all of these guards around here are going to take you out. You know, um, by no fault of my own. I'm not yeah. ordering them to. <laughs> but That's just if what's going to happen. Meet if me you at survive, <laughs> meet me here. Yes. Um, so she leaves. Bond attempts to leave with the briefcase full of money. I, and I is love just as leaving is is surrounded. I, right I love how gets out um, of the school, right the, before the, he leaves the, the bar, like when she leaves, he grabs his drink that he had ordered because he's, he's mm-hmm. back to his classic drink from the other two mm-hmm. movies. And, um, he like toast to the guards that are still standing up on the balcony, looking down at him. He's yeah. like toast to him and then drinks it. And then we'll start walking out. He's like, He's like yep. Hey, let's what's going do, on guys? Let's do this boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then a fight breaks out and I love, see, this is the, the thing I love about the action in this movie. It's not, none of it is, it's all really cool. It does not overstay. It's welcome. And you mm-hmm. can see everything. Yes. Like this fight starts a few punches are thrown, and then Bond and the other guy are immediately thrown into the Komodo dragon pit. Mm-hmm. Like, within, like, three seconds of the fight beginning. So, awesome, cool. This is the Komodo scene. Get it. Got it. Sweet. There's a bunch of back and forth. Bond loses his, 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 his DNA gun, and the henchman picks it up and tries to use it against Bond. And Bond's like, you're not going to like how that turns out. The henchman clicks it. Of course, it doesn't work because it's DNA coded to Bond, mm-hmm. just leaving just enough of an opening for the Komodo dragon to take him out and just drag right. him off onto the shadows like a freaking horror show. <laughs> Horrible way to go. Uh, Bond then escapes and reunites with his lady agent friend with which he drops the money with. They have a fun little quip conversation back and forth for a moment and Bond, Bond walks out like a boss. Yeah. Because I like it because when he climbs back up, there was another guy there um, and uh, she like knocks him out with the briefcase or something. And, and I think Bond makes a quip about you know the circle of life because uh, the guy got dragged off by the Komodo dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when he goes to leave, she still has a briefcase and she's like, what do you want me to do with this? And he's like, just put it all on red or something <laughs> and walks out. And she just kind of smiles holding the briefcase. <laughs> Cut to a beautiful sailboat where Savine is there. She's got two glasses of champagne out. And they're like, you know, the one of her guards comes and is like, listen, we got to go. We can't wait around any longer. So she's all sad and assumes that Bond didn't make it. Bond didn't mm. make it. So she goes and takes a shower. But who sneaks into the shower with her? Bond himself. And they make awesome, awesome shower, sexy time whoopee. Awesome, sexy time whoopee. But 
we don't linger on the scene for too long because back in jolly old England, M is watching a news story of one of the exposed agents being murdered by one of the terrorist cells after his identity was uncovered. Mm-hmm. Mallory and M have a conversation back and forth about M and MI6 being antiquated and, and essentially unnecessary in the way they currently operate from the shadows. You know, you don't, that's not how you, you do business anymore. Back on the sailboat. Yeah, but real quick, she also, um, M has a nice comeback because she's, she says, you know, the guy that's behind all this is like Bond. He's from the shadows like Bond. You yeah. know, just because, you know, M's like, well, we don't need Bond and people like him because he's, you know, the hide in the shadows. She's like, well, that's who our enemy is. Our enemy is coming, is yeah. hiding in the shadows and attacking us from the shadows like Bond. You need someone who can operate from the shadows as well. Yeah. Um, but back on the sailboat, it's bright and sunny. They're all above deck. Bond activates his awesome radio tracker as they head to meet Savine's employer. And I love, again, another visual effect, but I love the, the boat going towards this abandoned city. Uh, just the visual effects of, of how beautiful it looks. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, kind of how spooky and, and scary that you have this entire city just that's this abandoned. island city that's desolate it's, and, and abandoned yeah. yeah yeah so they arrive in this beautifully desolate island city um where bond and savina are immediately split up and bond is taken to meet silva the big baddie of the movie played by none other than academy award winner javier bardem mm-hmm. this scene jordan is oh. magic Oh yeah! This Again, scene another is magic, another cinematic, uh, marvelous um, scene. Dude. Just the way they did the camera angle uh, over Bond's shoulder, down this long room of full computer of, full tables, of computer and stuff like that. yeah. Yep. At the end uh, of it is an, is an elevator, elevator that yeah that comes down. The doors open, revealing Javier Bardem's character Silva, and he immediately starts monologuing. As he's just casually walking up from a distance from the elevator. One shot doesn't change. He just gets closer and closer to the camera. Telling the story about, about you know, how do you, you know, my, my mother or grandmother or whatever it was, you know, used to teach us how to keep rats from getting into the coconuts. You know, you essentially force them to eat each other. So the one thing that you remember, there's only two rats left. You know, after that, if you teach them to eat each other, there's only two rats left. And do you kill the rats? No. You let them go. Because you've changed their nature. Because you've changed their nature. They'll yeah. never eat coconuts again. Um, the epic rat monologue is what I call this. But yes. it, it, it was amazing. Yes, it's so, so good. It's intimidating and he- intimidating as hell, too, in a very gentle way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing I do love about Javier Bardem's character in this movie is he's, he's scary and intimidating because he's always calm. Yes. He's always calm and almost playful in a way, you know, mm-hmm. uh, almost playful, playful in a way, which is, which is great. Uh, we find out that, that Silva is a former agent. He used to be where Bond was, who holds a grudge against M. Uh, for events of their past. Uh, Javier, at this point, Silva reveals that Bond actually didn't pass any of his tests that made him ready mm-hmm. for field duty. M completely lied to him. He and starts Silva's just... trying to use this to be like, listen, she essentially sent you to your death. Yeah, and he starts she playing that like... She knew you uh, weren't ready. 
psychological game on him. He's exactly. trying to get Bond to realize that um, he's he doesn't have the support he believes he does, mm-hmm. and in a way trying to turn him to be more on Silva's side. You know, be like, oh well, they're you know they're against you, they're not with you, so we should go back against them. Like kind of finding a way to mentally twist Bond to his advantage. Yeah. But you kind of realize that Bond, even though taken back from this, knows enough about M to realize that, you know, that that's her plan because she knows I'm going to get the job done. Whether I'm cleared or not, you know, I can still do it. Yeah. And I, I love this scene where there's that, there's that scene where, where Silva is essentially sensually touching Bond while he's tied up. Yeah. Trying to like um, mentally mess with him by like flirting with him and, and yeah, like make and moves I, I, on I, him. I, and I do like this because it's, you know, Silva's character. It, it's never clearly stated that Silva's character is homo, homosexual. You get that. You get that feeling possibly. But he's a mirror image of Bond. Yeah. You know, which is which is so, it's so neat, and I I love this character for that in so many ways you know whether he's whether he's homosexual or not doesn't doesn't matter and even when you look closely at the scene i mean you you watch his tactics between his monologue to him trying to tell bond that you know m's not really looking out for him to this like sensual like flirting scene where he's like trying different methods to throw bond off his game and every time bond's like no i'm good like, oh, are you going to flirt with me? I'll flirt back. Like, who says it's my first time? You know? And then he starts realizing, okay, well, I can't get to him that way, so let's move yeah. on. So, like, after that scene's done, they drag him outside to the next scene where it's, again, mentally trying to mess with Bond to see if mm-hmm. he can take the upper hand. So, whether he is or not, uh, you know, it in any way, it doesn't matter it, it because just, it it's a mental... incredibly well. Yeah. yeah. It's a mental mind game throughout this yeah. whole scene. Which uh, is great. Yes. And this yes. whole, this, the rest of this movie is just a giant mental game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go on a walk together where they see Servine, who has been beaten bloody and is tied up at the end of this shooting gallery, basically. They share a shot and Silva puts his shot glass on Servine's head and forces Bond to shoot the shot glass off her head. Yep. Like, listen, this is your chance to, to redeem your poor results. You know, yeah, redeem your um, marksmanship. Yeah, your marksmanship from being tested before you came back out for duty. And Bond's hand is shaking. You know, he 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 fires and he misses completely. And I love this point where 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 Silva's like, Oh, that's a shame. My turn, and without even looking, just shoots her square in the head. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> you know? it just and just kills her. And then the yeah. shot glass falls. He's falls like, oh, to the I ground. win. What do you say yeah. to that? Yeah. So casually. And, and then I love this because it's almost like it flips a switch because Bond goes, well, I, I say that's a waste of scotch. And then, like, goes on this spree of essentially taking the guns and taking out all of the other henchmen there mm-hmm. without missing a shot. Yep. It was like a switch is flipped. Like, granted, close range versus long. I got it. He's still pretty quick. Okay, Either cool. Way, I give yeah. that to him. But it's almost like now we see the old bond almost with a flip of a switch yeah. and like the transition to me, I think could have been a little better. Like if he would have missed a couple more shots or, or struggled a little bit more th- from here on to the end of the movie, it would probably have mm-hmm. been a little bit better. However, I'm glad to have the old bond back. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was it was a still a very good scene for it to happen. Oh yeah, it was um, amazing. Yeah, amazing so it's it's now just Silva and Bond face to face, and Silva's going into this little miniature monologue, and Bond basically interrupts him uh, interrupts him, going, "Hey, listen, they've been tracking me forever. So yeah. here here they are. Here's the cavalry." Yeah, I, I love Backup that. Backup response to his tracker that he activated on the ship. And um, uh, they have that cool, what does he say? He has a little catchphrase or something. But um, when uh, Sylvia or Silva's like, oh, so what are you going to do? Bring in all the guards and all that stuff. And then, wait, you know, is your cavalry just going to show up out of nowhere? And he's like, well, yeah. He's like, because it's the latest thing from Q Branch. It's called a radio. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? I think during his monologue and everything else, when they're inside, he references to like Q's gadgets and, and stuff like that. Uh, so I thought it was kind of like a little clever thing. Like, yeah, he's like a radio, yep. uh, and essentially that you know all the helicopters and all like kind of hone into him. So Silva is captured, and back in back in jolly old England, M sits down to interrogate him. Uh, he is so fucking good at monologuing. He really is. He's so good. They have he he just monologues and tells this this story about about you know being captured and him betraying him and and you know used to be you know you used to love me used to care for me used to, used to be your favorite basically and then you betrayed me by not leaving me there to die essentially he's like i never gave up anything i let them torture me to the brink of death i never gave in i never told them anything and then finally when when I couldn't take it anymore. And I realized that you had betrayed me. You had truly betrayed me and given up on me. I gave in to weakness and bit the, bit the cyanide capsule, you know, in, in the tooth, praying for death and death never came. Life clinged mm-hmm. on to me like a plague. Mm-hmm. I love that line. Life clinged to me like a plague and his body refused to die. Um, and he, reveal or he this is before he reveals it um but m is you know basically done with this conversation is getting ready to leave silva wants her to call him by his real name and m refuses you know i don't know i don't know this person or whatever yeah just keeps going by his code name yes and uh silva reveals what the cyanide capsule actually did to him where he pulls out his whole like pulls out his teeth and this whole dental work that he had and he's just this mutilated he really has this just mutilated face um which is crazy we cut away and we've got bond and m walking out where m turns around stops and starts telling bond about silva his his name is tiago rodriguez he used to be one of us he used to be the best agent in the business you know just basically giving him a breakdown of, until um, he like started stealing Chinese secrets or something. I yeah, think until he started acting on his own, essentially is what it was. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. You can see Bond's like, oh, cool, well, he wasn't lying, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and she essentially <laughs> traded him for six other agents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> after that conversation between him, him and Bond, we cut to Bond and uh, Q, who are analyzing Silva's captured comfu- yeah. computer, all all mean all while M is meeting with a committee. Yes, about her. That's investigating and her and her actions from over the past couple months. 
And I love, I'm going to go through this really, really quickly, but it's so well filmed. So we'll touch on that for a moment. It cuts back and forth between Silva stretching like he's just chilling. Yeah, because as soon as she meditating, leaves. Having a grand old time. Like it's, it reminds me a lot of, uh, and granted this was years before this movie, but you remember, uh, it's not a, it's not a good movie, do you, but do you remember Suicide Squad? Yeah. You saw Suicide Squad? The scene at the end where Harley Quinn's just kind of chilling and waiting, knowing that Joker's coming to rescue her. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what this scene reminded me of. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is like, you can tell as soon as after he was done pulling his like teeth and all out and, and, and finally left, he, and he puts it all back in. He kind of has this satisfaction. It's like, ha, I got to her a little bit. My plan's still going. Even though we don't quite know what's going on, you can tell he's still like carefree, happy about everything going on. He doesn't look like a captured prisoner that ha- is, you know, defeated. Or no, has been he, defeated or anything. somebody He's who like, wants to be there. Yeah, um, which kind of starts showing in the next couple of scenes, like you said, yep. with him stretching. He's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to do this." Yep. And you know, cutting back to like Bond and Q working on computers, and Q's like, "Oh, well, it's like this, this, and this. There's only like six people in the world that know how to do this." And Bond's like, "Well, can you get around?" He's like, "I invented it." And like the, yeah. the quick back and forth with them, which I thought was also good for their their character yep. bonding. So Q is able to successfully hack the computer code, but it essentially activates something that reverse hacks MI6, unlocking all of the doors, releasing Silva. Mm-hmm. Bond immediately runs, and I was like, oh, fuck. So Bond immediately runs back to where Silva's being kept, and we cut briefly back to M, who is being just berated by the council. Mm-hmm. The council is just ripping her a new asshole. Um Bond gets back to the jail to the to the cell and sees that Silva has escaped and taken out taken out the agents that were guarding the room. Spots that he had gone down through the sewer system into the tunnels below, into the London Underground, if you will. It's discovered. Q and Bond at this point figure out Silva wanted to be captured. He wanted to be mm-hmm. where he was. Um, so they they're going around sneaking around through tunnels. Bond's chasing him through the subways and whatnot. Uh, they make their way to the actual, or, or or Silva makes his way to an actual subway station where a package is being is is dropped to him. And Q, using cameras in in, in the London Underground, spots Silva getting onto a train, subway train, dressed as a policeman. As Bond's looking around, trying to figure out where he is, the train's doors train door closes. The train's leaving the station, and Q's like, "Okay, Bond, get on the train." Bond's yeah, like, like motherfucker. <laughs> like, so he's gonna like run after it and jump. And I like how because it, it, it was new, it was kind of pointless scene, but like it, it as Bond's jumping onto the back of the train, I think it passed by like an old couple, and the guy was said something about it. he's like, oh, he must be in a hurry. Or he's something. in a hurry to get home. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Um, but yeah, the uh, the the person at the end of the train lets Bond on, and Bond's like inspector, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and goes about his business. Uh, they figure they figure out that that Silva must be headed after M, um, and they send out a me- send out a message in an attempt to warn her. Mm-hmm. At the very next station, Silva gets off in a full sprint once he sees that Bond is on his tail, and we have another foot chase. Doesn't last very long, however, because as we know from the previous Daniel Craig movies, they did not teach him how to tail people very well. Bond loses him loses him instantly. <laughs> In the crowd yeah. when he cuts the corner. Instantly, Bond loses him. 
and well, Silva I mean, knows he's... this because he has a cheeky little smile as he goes into a into a room off the left hand side. Yeah, but he's also he goes into a crowd of other policemen, so he's disguised yes. with like half the people in the subway. Right at this I point. just I just love that in the Daniel Craig movies he always loses them. Yes, yeah, I agree. He with always you there. loses, yeah, especially in like Casino Royale and all at the airports. He's not good in in public places with people. He's not people. good to keep an eye on people in public places, uh, but he is able to spot an open door. However, so he follows follows through the open door and manages to catch up to Silva, who's climbing out of the sewers on a ladder. They stop. They have a little monologue back and forth, and Silva makes a fun radio quip as well, where he yes. activates the radio on his chest. Triggering an explosion behind Bond that's not very big, just big enough to break a hole into the wall. And Bond's like, hope that wasn't for me. And he's like, no, but this is. And a train comes crashing through the hole that Silva busted (laughs) in the wall. Uh, The man's been planning this for years. He's got the timing down to a science. Mm -hmm. Giving him just enough time to escape as Bond has to run away from the careening out-of-control train that has come through the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So and Silva like, escapes and goes to the surface where he's picked up by uh, some of his team that are also described as police, and they drive off towards the location of M. Yeah, I didn't know what the actual building was there, and so I just set up like a courthouse because that's what kind of seemed like. So, yeah. Um, um, we cut to M, who's having her own monologue at this moment, which I, which I love because she's being berated by the council. And I love how Mallory actually stands up for a moment. And it's like, should we let her defend herself? Maybe. Yeah. It's like, maybe we can hear you know? something from her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I love. And it, it adds depth to Mallory's character going, he's not the bad guy. He might be overseeing this yeah. investigation, but he's actually kind of on M's side in all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so M proceeds to have an awesome monologue where she references poetry from her late husband that, that mimics the events that are going on with, with Bond and Silva at this exact moment. And we cut back and forth between that for a moment. Yeah, because it shows like Bond much. trying to play catch up. It shows um, exactly. Silva trying to get into what I, I call the courthouse, but like getting in, taking out the guards and like through all of this. You know, it, yep. it, it was a well done monologue, way better than um, some of the previous movies where they're doing a lot of the scene cutting and jumping. The scene back and forth. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so so uh right after the monologue or as the monologue's finishing up silva arrives and wastes no time attempting to kill him taking out all of the guards in this in this conference room um people's hit the deck people are running all over the place mallory jumps in front of a jumps in front and takes a bullet for him keeping her from being shot by silva and bond arrives shortly thereafter to the shootout all chaos goes on Again, another reference to the fact that Bond ran from the subway all the way to the area that um, Silva drove to yeah. during this time period when he was completely out of shape and couldn't pass his physical, not even yes. a, a week before. <laughs> you know, like, that is what I'm talking about. Like, I, I love that I have the old Bond back, but at the same time, it's like, how did he get that, you know, yeah. back into shape? I mean, if he would have stopped and tried to catch his breath disbelief. or something, you know, like <laughs> something or like jumped on like the back of another vehicle, you know, or a hijacked car, it made it would have made it a little bit better. But either way, <laughs> I'm still glad to have this bond back because this is like bond back in business bond. Yep. Especially when he it gets there and just kind of like cuts through one of the side doors. Mm-hmm. So Bond comes in, we've got a shootout, full shootout going on. I like how Mallory, um, 
slides out and grabs a guard gun from one of the down guards mm-hmm. and becomes you know hops well, and, in the mix um, as well so this is a dude that obviously can carry his own weight yeah and know. and it's mentioned i think later uh early on when uh in the little uh, back and forth between uh bond and the lady agent when they were helping him shave yeah. but mallory used to be an armed or some type of army man or something i can't remember exactly yeah. what he was but he he's was, not he's not just a pencil pusher he yeah no he yeah, yeah, he's he is a, a in a way a, you know a field agent or military of yeah. some type. But what I liked is when Bond shows up at that side door, you know there was a gun on the ground from one of the guards. So he kicks to the lady agent who was there, and yep. she joins the battle. And then Mallory yep. jumps and grabs the other gun, still like injured, and he's you know back and forth. And Bond kind of looks and goes, "All right," with that like look of approval, respect, respect. He's like, <laughs> respect, "Okay, cool." And, and then he like shoots the uh, fire extinguisher next to. Him. <laughs> Yep. And then leans down and shoots the one next to him. And he's like, all right, now we got some cover. We're good. And just yep. casually walks out into the middle of this big cloud of fire extinguisher smoke everywhere. And just kind of like, all right, yeah, you know, I'm Bond. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, he creates that smoke screen and that lets uh, him escape. Uh, Silva escapes as well, however, during all of this chaos. Bond grabs a car and picks up M as she leaves the room. And it's like, listen, we got to go. Listen, we've we played it your way. We've played it his way. Now we're playing it my way. Mm-hmm. We've got to get off the grid. We've, we can't be involved with anybody. <laughs> he's got kidnaps him. Yeah, he's got fingers in too many pies. We've got to get you off the grid and basically make you f- as bait for Silva if this is going to be successful. M kind of has, has a couple fun quips back and forth where she, she disagrees, but she agrees, you know? Yeah. She's, she's like... You know what? You're right. This is probably the best play, but at the same time, I really don't care about. I really don't care to be bait. Yeah, because she's like, "Oh, I see. I'm supposed to be bait." Well, fine. If that's how it's going to be, then no one else is involved because no one else is getting hurt. It's yep. just, it's just us. Exactly. And, um, and I like how like it continues on because you start to see the the lines of trust here because mm-hmm. you get to the next scene where like Bond is. Uh, talking to Q about, hey, can you leave breadcrumbs that only uh, Silva can follow to lead where we're headed, essentially drawing him in. You know, don't make it too hard. Don't make it too easy. And you mm-hmm. see Q and, and Turner there, or Tanner, whatever his name was, and they're both kind of doing the crumbs and then in walk someone else. And you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Mallory walks in and surprises surprises Q at Q branch and Q immediately is like, uh, but, uh, 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 we weren't doing anything. And I love it. Cause Mallory is just like, Oh, well, you know, you're better off doing this, this and this. He's like, yeah, you guys are good. Carry on. Yeah. And they're like, well, what happens if things don't go right? And he's like, well, then we're all going to be in trouble. Carry yeah. on. And like walks away. Um, um so, so I, like, I love like, all, all right. And that's the reveal of this guy can absolutely be trusted. Yeah. 100%. I also, I don't know if you caught this, but um, during that, at one point, Q is drinking out of a coffee mug, and it took me a minute too because I just happened to pause it to, to jot down some notes. Yeah, his has it's got the Q the Q Scrabble letter on the coffee mug. Yeah, it was yeah. Scrabble. I'm like, oh, that's pretty clever. Yeah, like I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yep. <clears throat> yep. Um, we cut back briefly to night. It's nighttime now. Bond mm-hmm. and M are at a uh, warehouse where they are changing vehicles. <laughs> I love it too. She's like, "What do you do? Hide me inside of there?" He's like, no, but we need another vehicle. Because <laughs> it's, it's um, Bond's storage locker, essentially. Indeed. And it's Bond's personal DB5. The original Bond car. That I presume the Royale. one that he won in Casino Royale. That's Absolutely. what I was wearing, yeah. 
modded out, however. But I love this moment because the moment you see the car, the Bond theme, Bond theme starts playing and they're driving, driving out into the countryside and M makes a quip about it not being comfortable, you know, yeah. awfully uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think and Bond it, flips yeah. up, flips up the, the, the middle ejector seat, little, little red ejector seat button. And she's like, what are you going to do? Eject me? <laughs> Oh, yeah, because he's like, are you going to complain the whole ride? And she's like, oh, yeah, go on. Eject me then, Juan, don't you? And he just kind of <laughs> smiles and flips this thing back closed and keeps on driving. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I Another love gadget that. that's not used but referenced. I <laughs> uh, get it. It's so much fun. Uh, Bond and M stop on the side of the road where they have a brief moment of Bond overlooking the countryside of Scotland where he grew up. Mm-hmm. They arrive at Skyfall, Bond's... Bond's family childhood home. Bond proceeds to walk through taking a trip down memory lane um, and meets with a good old gentleman by the name of Kincaid, the original caretaker there ever since Bond was but a wee lad. And like even um, just a quick reference, because I know we're going to hit a couple more, but the driving scenes through this countryside to that house, all beautiful scenes, all really, all really good. And all this beautiful. house, very beautiful yeah. with everything. Even the, the fact that it's, you know, kind of, I mean, essentially it was sold and there's like nothing left to it. It's still just beautiful scenery from like here on out to the end of the movie and a lot of the the play on uh, visual effects, like I've said throughout this review, from here on out is amazing to me. Incredibly well done, yep. Mm -hmm. Um, But they, they, you know, Bond catches up Kincaid on what's going on. Hey, we're essentially setting a trap for this dude. And they proceed to gather their what little number of arms and ammo that they have. Um, Kincaid then proceeds to have a nice little conversation with him and show off some of the secrets that Skyfall has and share some of Bond's history. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of, a little bit of backstory there, which is like nice. the, look, uh, the escape tunnel that he hit in when he was a bit, <clears throat> when he was, when he was little, when he found out his parents died. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> then we cut to having a mini montage of them preparing for Silva using what equates to the grown up version of home alone traps. I, I actually put the they were prepping the house Rambo style because I kind of flashed Rambo with some of that stuff. I got you. I got straight up Home Alone. I mean that that works too. I mean I guess either way. I guess it depends putting if you're gun, going PG gun, or R. <laughs> putting shotgun shells on the floors to go off and I mean. yeah, that's why I kept going Rambo versus Home Alone. But yeah, I guess mm-hmm. it makes sense putting the gunpowder in like the lights with the, uh, the the shrapnel grenade, whatever you want to call it, that M was doing with the little bags of loose. Yep. Those glass and stuff. whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then we have one final beautiful hero shot of the DB5 in front of Skyfall from a distance. Mm-hmm. And that's very foreboding of this is the last time we're going to see this place in this condition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, like I said, great visual shots. And even yep. when um, you know the dogs start barking, they're like, hey, get ready. They're here and they're getting ready to kick off. And you see the guards walking like from the entrance to the house because I mean, if you, if you look, they start off at the very top of the entrance way, but they don't really bring their vehicles all down. They're they're walking they across walk the whole field, yeah. and you're seeing it not directly, but through some of the other angles. Like you're seeing the the Aston Martin, and you're, like behind mm-hmm. them, behind the Aston Martin is the guys walking through the yard, or you see a reflection of the car. It's like it's like focusing on the car, which I thought was mm-hmm. really cool because of what it leads up to. But during all of those scenes, 
the guys are in the background, whether it be yep. in the reflection or over behind the car. Like you're seeing them approach the house, but they're not the main focal point. Another yep. really good visual effect that I enjoyed in this movie. And I know I'm hitting on that a lot, but that's what I loved about oh, this I agree. movie. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, but yeah, uh, Silva's men arrive. They set C4 on the door. As it's about to explode, Bond was actually hiding out inside the Aston itself and activates the automated machine guns on his car, firing at the front door as the C4 explodes and the fight breaks out. I won't yes. linger on this too much. It's, no, it's, it, was, it was a it's, great fight scene. It's a long fight, you know, a longer, one of the longer fight scenes of the movie, but not super, super long, mm-hmm. but a lot of back and forth. You've got M setting off some traps. You've got Kincaid getting involved and taking out some people with the shotgun. Um, you've got all sorts of back and forth. Bond basically coming in and finishing people off that Kincaid and M took care of. M gets shot um, at one point during this scene. And of course, Bond's like, are you okay? And she's like, just my pride's hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, Nothing else. And then I love this moment. They hear yeah. music playing as Silva arrives via helicopter gunship like a badass. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, Iron Man. Exactly. Yep, yep. Uh, Bond sends Kincaid and M to escape via the tunnel underground through the kitchen as Silva in the gunship helicopter just shoots up the manor, just destroys the manor. Uh, on the ground, don't even remember how he got on the ground, but doesn't matter because he's a badass nonetheless. Silva begins casually walking around the house, tossing oh, yeah, grenades they, um, into the windows. They, uh, after they're done shooting up the house, I can't remember if Bond made a couple of comebacks or not, but essentially it died down so they landed and him and his crew both get off the helicopter and they send the helicopter oh, back right. off okay. to kind of follow them with the spotlight. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, he starts but, doing the grenades to essentially light this place on fire. Which is great. He's tossing grenades in just just casually. The manor catches on fire. Um, we cut briefly to M and Kincaid resurfacing at the other end of the tunnel in the distance. Silva straight up just destroys Bond's car. And that just pisses Bond off. Oh, yeah. You see. Because he goes to grab some... Uh, <laughs> Uh, what, some some uh, t- uh, tanks, propane some tanks, tanks or something he yeah. sees. He's like, all right, cool. And he's sitting there setting everything else, you know, setting a little trap up in the front of the house to try and draw their attention. And you just, uh, uh, Silva points at the helicopter and points at his car, and the helicopter just lights up the car, and the car explodes. And you just see Bond look up with the worst look of, of anything on his face. Like, you can tell he is done. He is super ticked off. He's like, you just blew up my car. <laughs> Like how dare you? Dare you? Yep. Um. So and, and like he he's done. So he like sets up this booby trap, lights up some uh, dynamite, and then like runs back to the uh, escape tunnel and just kind of does like mm-hmm. a one quick over. He's like, I already hate. I always hated this place, and then leaves. You yep. know. The uh the the bomb explodes, takes out the manor and the helicopter as well. We cut and we see Silva has survived. He gets up from the ground with what what few remains of his of his henchmen, and he spots some lights in the distance, which is M and Kincaid escaping off into the distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut back to Bond, who was still in the tunnel, where he gets to his feet, shakes himself off, and continues through the tunnel. He escapes on the other side, turns, and takes one final look back at the manor that is on fire, never to be seen again. 
and gives chase, taking out henchman after henchman along the way without breaking stride, which I love, where he's just running up behind people, just knocking them out, continuing on. Yeah, and the the nice thing is, like, from the fire of the house, it, it now creates the essentially the next visual effect that carries on throughout the rest of this movie. The glow of the fire, because it's so bright, the huge house is burning, the smoke yeah. and fog and all throughout the whole area. Uh, the fact it's, like, kind of cold... Because it's nighttime, but you still see the warm glow on every scene. Uh, I loved it. I loved how mm-hmm. they carried it on throughout here. But um, even when he's running across and getting to the lake and all that stuff. Yep. Um, when he gets to the frozen lake, he 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 you know, runs across across it rather hesitantly, but is stopped by Silva, who's waiting for him on the other side. One of Silva's henchmen comes up from behind Bond, and they're like, "Listen, we've got you. You're good." Bond's like to hell you do grabs the gun away from the henchman next to him shoots the ice below both of their feet and they drop in into the freezing water below where silva's just like um okay well problem solved i guess yeah <laughs> and i love how silva is still like we talked about his his persona even up to this point like when he first shoots the, the ice and gets bonds i was like all this running and running what is it you know what does it bring nothing like why why are we doing this like he still has that yes i was just by an exploded house you were making me chase you all over the place i'm getting exhausted but you I'm, can't break I'm him. He's still, just yeah, he's still the same. He's not getting overly ticked off. I mean, you can still mm-hmm. like his plan is not going the right way, but he's still that same like mentally out there scary villain, and yep. he, it just holds to even to that point, which is great. And he's like, uh, like you said, all right, well, all right, he's in the ice. We'll let him do his thing. I'm gonna keep going back <laughs> to my thing then. Um, underwater, a pretty cool scene underwater of mm-hmm. Bond taking out the final henchman, strangling him to death in a in a relatively gruesome way way um but then not being able to find his way back to the surface and swimming down to the body of the henchman grabbing a flare and lighting it up to see the the hole in the top of the lake and 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 swimming to it yep we cut to see silva arriving at a small church where em and kincaid are hiding out and we cut and see the graves and spot the graves of bond's parents yep because Silva stops and kind of looks at him Yep, stops and kind of looks looks at him. Silva is so goddamn creepy. I love it because he walks in, immediately starts having a conversation with him where he, you see he pulls out his gun and he, he tries to kill her, but he can't. His hands start shaking and he's just like, I can't do it. Yeah, and I he even like it. looks and sees that she's wounded and he starts getting yeah. like all upset. It's like, what did they do to you? Are, yeah. are, are you okay? Like, yep. you're the one who wants her dead. <laughs> It's interesting. Yeah. And then he comes out with a brilliant plan of, you know, in this together, in this for both of us, you know, and puts the gun in M's hand, M's hand holds it to her head and puts his head on the other side. Um, kind of like an assisted suicide thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to commit suicide together. And he's just encouraging you to do it, do it, do it. Um, in just a, such an incredible way. Bond arrives and just throws a knife square in his back. Yeah, and the best part is that you don't even see it. Like he's doing it, and then he just stops. Yeah. And then as he, you know, you know, you then you see Bond over his shoulder, and then as he starts to turn around, then you, you see, see the knife because you even see back. like M's like, yeah. "What's going on?" Like, "Oh wow, he's got a knife in his back." Like, yeah. "What? What happened?" Yep. And um, uh, Silva Silva falls and and drops to the ground dead. 
And I love the comment Bond makes, mm -hmm. last rat standing. Yes. <laughs> and then, like, right after that, you have M like, what took you so long, 007? And, yeah. like, he replies, he's like, well, I got myself in some deep water. And then M falls. And that's when he's like, oh, no. Like, what, what's yeah. going on? M falls into Bond's arms, and they share one final touching mo moment before she dies from her yeah. wounds. And I, I like the, the brief commentary between the two of them where she's like, is, mm -hmm. it, is it too late to, to try and run now? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm game if you are. And, and she makes a comment about how at least she, had, she did one thing right before she fades away, which I yeah. thought was really good. You know, you know, saying, hey, at least she did one thing right and that was Bond. Yeah. Um, you know, she chose Bond and she knew that it was the right choice for everything. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, she fades away. Yeah. Uh, sad, and then, sad moment, man. And this is, it, it is, this it is. is we see Bond cry. We see him get all teary-eyed. Yeah. And because essentially M was essentially like a parent to him. Yeah, uh, it was, more it was so a motherly figure also, to yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's even referenced somewhere else. It might have been one of the other movies or something, but uh, something about a, a mother figure or something. And he's like, well, you could kind of say that. Like, I can't remember where yeah. I heard it, but there was reference somewhere either in this movie or one of the other movies about M being a mother figure to him. And he kind of mentions, like, oh, you could say that in a way. Yeah. Like, I kind of... Um, um, but, but from this, here, we cut back to London, yeah, where Bond again. is overlooking the overlooking the city, Batman style. Again, and comic the, book, amazing, yes, amazing yes. visual effects. Um, the lady agent from the beginning shows up and gives Bond a gift that was a part of M's will that she wanted wanted Bond to have. He opens it up, and it is that damn bulldog figure that he always <laughs> yeah. hated. Yeah, and I love it because uh, she goes, is that her way of telling you that maybe you should take a desk job? And yeah. Bond just kind of laughs. He's like, nope, it's a complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, telling me to keep back at it and get back at yep. it and get back to fight. Um, they head back in, uh, and the agent finally introduces herself. Bond's yeah, because Bond, like, I, I believe, actually, I believe we've never been formally introduced. And she inter introduces herself as none other than Eve Moneypenny. Mm hmm. This has been Moneypenny the whole time, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Yes. I, I put that all in my notes. Obviously, I couldn't say anything, but I put it in my notes. So I knew yep. who she was. But uh, this ending to me was another good classic throwback to all of the original movies of and again this was a reboot but essentially this is the kickoff to to take us to where the other movies started yeah um which i love because it's kind of like all right well you know well i can't remember exactly what they say but essentially um you know i look forward to more of whatever between the two of them like essentially the beginning of their relationship their, so to speak yep. they're back um, and forth but then I, I like how the turner comes out he's like hey he'll, he's ready to see you now and you know bond walks in and you know you don't really see who's at the desk at first but then bond makes the comment how's the shoulder yep and i, I mean, like from here it's, it's just great turns around and it's it's mallory and Mallory basically wastes, wastes no time and puts Bond's next assignment down on the desk mm -hmm. uh, and says something like, we need you back out there. And he and, and Bond responds with, or like, absolutely M. No, or, it's, or, um, what is it? When Mallory's like, oh, it'll line. be fine, this and that. And he's like, hey, he's like, we need you. Um, he's like, there's a lot to get done, 007. Are you ready yeah. to get back to work? And yeah. Bond responds with, with pleasure, M. Yes. With pleasure. Yep. Um, so Mallory has replaced... Dame Judy Dench as the new M. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the gun, the barrel, gun barrel outro. outro. Yep. That's what I call it the outro now, so the intro. Yeah. Um which is great. And this 
was this? I think it said at the at the end when it started in the credits, the fifty years, you know, James Bond yeah, will return. This movie so I, came out on the fiftieth anniversary of James Bond. So and I, I was so years excited. Of James Bond, James Bond will return, and then it fades yes. to credits. Yes, and I was excited because James Bond will return was in the credits. I haven't <laughs> seen that since the very beginning. Remember, I was making up my own there for a while. Yeah, we haven't um, seen that since the eighties. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. James Bond will return, and then we, of course, had the credits, like you said, uh, and now our next movie is Spectre. They don't list that, but I, mm-hmm. I'm happy I got James Bond will return in my credits. Again, I, I, apparently they heard me all of these years. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how, but apparently they heard me. Um, so the end of a very, very, very good movie, um, yes. one that's going to be really hard to rate because it is, to, in our opinion, or at least mine, a good story. Um, good characters, uh, good throwbacks to the classics. Um, however, what made this movie better than um, I guess some of the others was some of the things I can't rate. You know, the visual effects, um, the way that was edited and directed. Some of the things that just time uh, has made improvements to so it's really hard to compare to some of the older movies but i love this movie really really enjoyed this movie um can't say it's going to be like my top number one because i know we're rating this for other things like the story Mm -hmm. and the characters and and the villains and everything else um but before we get into ratings eric's what is your opinions and then on with that i'm sure we can kick off um I, I I just mimic what I said at the beginning. I, I went into this it being my second favorite of the Daniel Craig's, and it's still my second favorite of the Daniel Craig's. Um, it's a phenomenal movie. The cinematography I love. the The storytelling in it's great. Javier Bardem is is it's magical. It's um it's an incredibly well made movie from top to bottom. You know, there's elements of it that it, that wouldn't necessarily hang up against uh, some of the other Bond movies. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a, a um, you know, top three Bond movie of all time content, contender, but it absolutely could be. I mean, if you put this, if somebody put this movie uh, up up high in their list, it would absolutely deserve to be there. Yes, it's just the uh, the Bond list is so is so competitive in the top ten. You know, we'll 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 see when we get to ranking it. But it's it's awesome, man. I, I absolutely love it. And so far, I've been most correct with my predictions for Daniel Craig. Over mm-hmm. any other generation of Bond, you know, yeah. so far my Daniel Craig order of Bond movies, as far as what I like and what I don't like, has remained basically the same. Um, whereas other Bond blocks have kind of surprised me. This one's been very, very consistent with with how I thought it would turn out. But yeah. um, great movie, great, very great movie. If you did, if you didn't watch it before listening to this episode, sorry, sorry for spoiling the shit out of it. But it's absolutely worth watching, absolutely worth rewatching it. And it basically yes. acts as like a mini reboot within the reboot that was already the Daniel Craig movies. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's it's definitely a rewatchable movie, uh, even if it's so, one you've much. already seen. And it's and long. About. I mean, it's 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 an hour and what twenty four minutes, but it feels it doesn't feel as long as even Quantum of Solace was, and Quantum mm-hmm. of Solace was only like an hour and yeah. forty five. Yeah, you know? and the, the biggest thing is the tipping point would be like right before the. Um, final farewell essentially like mm-hmm. you 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 could essentially end the movie if you really wanted to at the end of um silva breaking in and destroying uh m's interrogation or investigation mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it and you could have kind of came up with a quick wrap-up after that but carrying on into that whole other scene was good had a lot of throwbacks 
but it was almost like a, a second part to the movie. Yeah. Uh, but even then, it was still really, really good. Um, yeah. But I mean, with that, is it trivia time? It's trivia. Trivia. Trivia time. Da-da-da. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us yet again for Trivia Time featuring Skyfall. The, well, actually, third to last Daniel Craig movie. For now. For now. <laughs> for now. Um, trivia fact number one. Dan, as, as I mentioned earlier, Daniel Craig performed many of his own stunts, not only in this movie, but the previous movies as well, including the signature rooftop train fight in the very very beginning where the train was traveling at approximately 31 miles an hour for filming during the opening sequence so as i mentioned he was actually doing that there's a reason they never cut away from it um he was on that train fighting uh trivia fact number two dame judy dench has more screen time in this movie alone than desmond Llewellyn had in his 17 appearances as q oh wow Making her portrayal of M the most recurrent character in the franchise after Bond himself. Huh. Yep. Uh, the role of Kincaid, played by Albert Finney, was originally written with Sir Sean Connery in mind. That would have been cool. <laughs> Producers Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson originally wanted Con- Connery to come out of retirement and make a surprise cameo. Uh, however, director Sam Mendes uh, said, you know what, it probably wouldn't be a good idea because he didn't want to cause any confusion or, or mix anything up or anything yeah. because Connery, you know, you only bring him back as Bond. You don't bring him back just to play some dude. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Plus, um, this was so, supposed to be like a reboot. So, yeah. So, so it would have I mean, been neat, but that would have been, been cool. But yeah. Yeah. That was originally an idea along with the all, all the other little cameos they had and references from 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 Bonds in the past, which is which is kind of neat. This is to date the most successful James Bond movie at the International Box Office in the official film franchise's history. Uh, this is the only the second time we see James Bond openly cry uh, at the death of M is what we're referencing. The first time was when his wife died in On Her Majesty's Secret Service in 1969. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two times we see Bond cry on screen. Um, for the first time in the famous gun barrel sequence, now known as the gun barrel outro, Bond is actually seen wearing a gray suit rather than a black one. I didn't pay attention to that. <laughs> um, this movie introduces one new actress and two new actors to play three of the reoccurring roles in the Bond franchise. They are Naomi Harris as Miss Eve Moneypenny, Ben Wishaw as Q, and Ralph Fiennes as M. In each case, each of the three actors is the fourth person to play that respective character in the film franchise. Wait. So the new M, Ralph, the new Money Penny, and the new Q. Those three actors are all—all all three of them were the fourth actor to play those individual characters. Okay, M, I know, Money Penny, I know, but I don't remember. If, I thought there was only two Qs before this one. No, you had um, you had Desmond Lueland. Yeah. But Desmond Lueland was not a, was not Q in Doctor No. He didn't become Q until From Russia with Love. 
It was a different person in the first do- in the oh, first. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's yeah. that's I was forgetting one. I'm like, how does that make sense? I was like, there was only three cues. I forgot. Desmond Llewellyn was absolutely the longest running for 17 movies. Well, he is Q to me. Okay, he, he is Q, <laughs> but he was technically the second Q. Um, that makes more sense. Adele's Skyfall is the first Billboard Top 10 hit to win an Academy Award for Best Original Song since Eminem's Lose Yourself from 8 Mile in 2002. (laughs) This marks the third consecutive James Bond movie with which it ends with him alone, whereas most of the other films in the franchise, he's seen with one of the Bond girls. Yep. And not on a boat. Raul Silva played by Javier Bardem. The main villain does not appear in this film until around the 57, around 57 minutes into the movie. We're an hour into the movie before we even see him. And he's so impactful. Oh yeah. Uh, this is the second time in the official James Bond franchise that Bond is seen with a beard. The first time being Pierce Brosnan in die another day at the very beginning. Uh, in both movies, the character only has the beard for the first portion of the movie, and in both instances, we actually see it being shaved off as a transition moment for the character. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the computer mainframe room in which Silva gives his introductory speech was specifically constructed so that it would be the right link for a one-take shot in which Javier, Bard- Javier Bardem leisurely walks and ends up right at Bond when, at the end of the speech. <laughs> so worth it yeah, so worth it. you uh, could spend half of, your, of the money allowance right on that I'd be, I'd be fine with that yeah the other significant room um that was specifically designed for one of silva's speeches was the plexiglass enclosure that he's kept in when he was captured which mm-hmm. javier javier bardem nicknamed the crystal cage the crystal cage Javier Bardem became the second Academy Award winner to play a major Bond villain, the first of which was, of course, Christopher Walken in A View to a Kill. In the final scene of the movie between Bond and Eve Moneypenny at M's office, this M's office, Moneypenny's uh, office, that whole sequence is a direct replica from the set from Dr. No in 1962. I was going to say, I definitely felt that it was like one of the original like offices when yep. they walked into it. And that's why I was like, that whole like end scene threw me back to the original movies. And we talked a little bit before recording, ladies and gentlemen, about what we thought of Silva as a bad guy and the movie in general. And Jordan made reference to something um, that he, I think he may have said in the, in the actual review as well, that he compared Silva to this, this specific villain from, um, <clears throat> from comic book, a.k.a. the Joker. Mm-hmm. Raul Silva was modeled on two fictional characters, the Joker from Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight in 2008 and Colonel Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards in 2009. So I was partially right. <laughs> he was modeled on those <laughs> uh, on those two personality types. Yeah, because um, I, I did. I mentioned it before him when we were talking about the villain, about how he reminded me like uh, part Joker, part um, Zorin or Christopher Walken from... Um, a view to a kill, you know, just like the fact that he was like a couple of different people put together. And mm-hmm. um, I, I'll get to more of that in the villain re- review. But that's to me what made him such a strong villain is that he did kind of have that Joker feel to him with the way he kept coming back against Bond and all that. 
And that's it for trivia time, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So that leaves the good old review. Or, the, yeah, uh, the villain and the uh, movie listing. So I'll let yes. you kick it off and go first. So where are we going to put this? Where are we going to put this? What is our the, list now? The ranking as of... As of now, is as follows. Number one, Casino Royale. Number two, GoldenEye. Number three, From Russia With Love. Number four, You Only Live Twice. Number five, The Spy Who Loved Me. Number six, Thunderball. Number seven, License to Kill. Number eight, For Your Eyes Only. Number nine, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Number 10, Goldfinger. Number 11, The Living Daylights. Number 12, Dr. No. Number 13, Tomorrow Never Dies. Number 14, A View to a Kill. Number 15, Quantum of Solace. Number 16, Die Another Day. Number 17, The Man with the Golden Gun. Number 18, The World is Not Enough. Number 19, Octopussy. Number 20, Moonraker. Number 21, Live and Let Die. And number 22, Diamonds Are Forever. It's a long list. So, here's the hard part. We, uh, I know we briefly mentioned or talked about this, uh, our opinions on the movie before recording, just to give us a feel jumping into it. But uh, we definitely said this was a top ten movie. It was, it's, it's an amazing movie. It's one of our favorites, but it's hard because there's a lot of good movies in the top ten <laughs> for the Bond movies. So let's let's go ahead and just jump to the jump to the point, Jordan, because Jordan and I have discovered over the last several weeks. <laughs> Yes. We made a crucial error in our ranking <laughs> early in this franchise that has made it very, very difficult to place things on this list lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wait till the end for us to realize that. Yeah, right. It's there's there's no denying that this is a top ten movie. It's mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent a top ten movie. It's it's better than Tomorrow Never Dies. It's better than The Living Daylights. It's better than Doctor No, um, even though Doctor No is ranked a little bit too low. Um, but number ten on our li- ten on our list is Goldfinger, which was a really good movie. Which was a really good movie, and I cannot believe that we put it as low as we did. Yeah, and, and I know our ranking is slightly changed throughout the the series of this um, review <clears throat> and bottom review. But we've we've tried to kind of keep as close as we can, and I know it recently yeah. it's gotten harder to to judge it on a good story, a good bond, a good villain. Uh, a good flow, an overall entire mm-hmm. movie. And like you said, there's no such thing as a bad Bond movie. There's just no. some that are better than others, yeah. uh, which is, and we knew this, uh, especially the last couple of weeks getting towards the end, it's getting harder and harder to place them. Um, because like you said, like you said, those so far, the, the top 10 are all really good movies. Mm-hmm. How do we put this in there? Yep. So with that said, Jordan and I were, t- were talking, and even though we don't think it's better than Goldfinger, we do think it's better than On Her Majesty's Secret Service at number nine. It is better than For Your Eyes Only, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say I like that one better, too, because that, okay. uh, that was eight, wasn't it? Yeah, that was eight. And it is better than License to Kill. I did like it better than License to Kill, yes. It's absolutely better than License to Kill. So the ultimate question... So that has it at currently number seven. Is it better than Thunderbolt? That was a hard one for me. It was like splitting hairs. Um, and the reason I say that is because a lot of the things I really enjoy about this movie 
don't hold value in our ranking system. Uh, I love the story. I love the bond. I love the villain. I love the characters, the flow of the movie. But what really makes this a strong movie for me is I, I really enjoy the visual effects and the stuff that we don't hold to in ranking. That makes this an even better Bond movie to me. Um, but I can't let them outweigh the fact that Thunderball was also a really good movie. Even at its time with its visual yep. effects at that time, it still had a good story, a good bond, a good villain, good flow. Well, um, Thunderball also held up so, so strongly um, for being as old as it is. And we've seen so many other Bond movies mimic what Thunderball did. Exactly. I mean, yeah, Tomorrow Never Dies, even though it's not very high on our list, is almost a 90s remake of Thunderball. Yes. Yeah. So, you like, know. to me, they're they're very close in movies. I I really enjoy this movie. I really enjoyed Thunderball. I I rewatch both of them over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, what I like about um, Skyfall is just the fact that newer times, better technology, better visual effects, the stuff that can't really hold to in this uh, rating system. Um, so I'm kind of like splitting hairs. I mean, either way, I could I could go up or down. I think it is a perfectly, perfectly acceptable spot to have it sit at the new number seven just under Thunderball. I mm-hmm. think that's a very respectable location for it. Um, I mean, like I said, I could see it higher. Um, I can't really see it outside of 10 because to me, it, it's a really, really good movie. that deserves to be in the top 10. And yeah. to anyone who thinks it should be higher than seven, I'd be completely fine with that, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a very very good film, but yeah, so that so that'll be it. So so Skyfall is the new number seven, just under Thunderball and just above License to Kill. I, and I feel when we get to the very last movie and we're done with this, I feel like anybody's top ten list should be um, like a universal list. Like those top ten movies. Yeah, should whatever be whatever order they're put in, in any order you want. Yeah, if it's, as long the as it's in the top ten, gonna be the you're same. okay. Yeah. A top ten is a number one movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> out yeah. of twenty five when it's all said and done. Um, well, so now we get to do the villain list. Um, we briefly talked on this too. I'll run over the list real quick because we really enjoyed this villain uh, for different reasons. But our current rating or current list is uh, Goldfinger and Anjab at number one. Uh, number two is Alec Chavani and uh, Chavani, yes, <laughs> <laughs> and Zena on top from Goldeneye. Uh, number two, uh, Thunderball is at number three. Uh, four is Sanchez and Dario from License to Kill. Uh, five is Stromberg and Jaws from The Spy Who Loved Me. Uh, six is uh, Sheaf from Casino Royale. Uh, seven is Christostos, Locke, and Eric from For Your Eyes Only. Uh, eight is Zorn and Mayday from A View to a Kill. Nine is uh, Spectre General in Red from uh, from Rush with Love. Uh, ten is Drax and Jaws from Moonraker. Uh, Eleven is Blowfield from For Your Eyes Only. Uh, 12 is Scaramanga and Knickknack from The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, 13 is Carver and Stamper from Tomorrow Never Dies. 14 is Kanaga, Claw, and Baron from Live and Let Die. 15 is Dr. No, self-titled movie. 16 is Blowfield, Wit and Kid from Diamonds Are Forever. 17 is Blowfield from Owner Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, 18 is Yurgi Whitaker and Milkman, a.k.a. Necros, from The Living Daylights. Uh, 19 is Gustav Graves and Zhao from Die Another Day. 20 is King and Renard from The World Is Not Enough. 21 is Khan and Gaminda from Octopussy. And 22 is Dominic Green from Quantum of Solace. Whew. Sorry, I had to catch my breath there. Um, I won't get too involved because we've reported uh, repeatedly mentioned how 
um, Silva was a great villain. And I mentioned before, he reminded me of um, Trevlin and uh, Zorin mixed together. I I referenced the Joker. Uh, He was all around a really good... I say diabolical, but he was a really, really good villain that gave you a, a creepy villainous vibe without being super aggressive or um he kind of had like a, a fun playful nature to everything he did but gave off this very scary vibe uh mm-hmm. like a fearful villain um obviously a great actor who played the role uh, definitely helped make this role the monologues the stories that he tells um, and even the fact where he's like, he's not afraid to kill anybody. He's not afraid to blow a hole through the floor to send a train in. I mean, like he's got all of the, the pros to a good villain and I, I can't really see too many cons. So he's mm-hmm. a very strong villain in my opinion. I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I've preached his graces so many, so many times, uh, throughout this movie. He's, he's definitely up there. He's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, you and I talked briefly on this as well beforehand of what we thought, and you actually you did surprise me with this one. Where, uh, with I mean, I knew you would like him, but with how much you actually like him. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jordan, it's we need to rip off the bandaid. Where are we putting him on this list? I originally said top five, and as we went through the list, better than Stromberg and Jaws, better than Sanchez and Dario. Um, I figured you would put him above number two, which I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we at number two is Alex um, Trevlin and Zena on the top. And to me, he's the same as Trevlin as far as the background goes. But instead of that scary, like I'm out, I mean, essentially he was still out to seek revenge on M- M16 or uh, M16. Yeah. <laughs> M and the agency and all that. He was, he still had that, uh, Zorin kind of like, out of his mind feel to him, which made him even mm-hmm. scarier uh, than Trevlin. So I had, I had asked you, I mean, is what did you think comparable to Goldfinger? Cause I liked Goldfinger <clears throat> as a villain. Um, and I could was, go either way. It was hard for me to put him ahead of Trevlin, but that's, that's, that's mostly nostalgia, but Goldfinger having him, having him dethrone Goldfinger, Goldfinger and Oddjob are easily the most iconic Bond villains. Yes, yes, I agree with easily you. Easily the most iconic Bond villains. But I will, and I gave it to you, like, on my like on my personal list, I probably wouldn't put them above Goldfinger. But, God, it would be so hard. And I think this is kind of like what we talked about with, with Casino Royale, where Casino Royale, you know, some people might like it better, some people like might like it um, worse, but either way, no one can deny it's not a top five Bond movie. Yeah. And I think it's number one on our list, and I think the same can be said for Silva and Javier, Javier Bardem's performance, that, you know, some you might like him, you might not like him, but you cannot deny that he's not a top five Bond villain. So yeah. anywhere in the top five would be perfectly, perfectly acceptable. But in this instance, I'm go ahead and do it, man. Put him in number one. <laughs> um, as much as I, I agree, Goldfinger and Ajab are iconic. One of the, the things I'd mentioned before is if they weren't iconic, like had we taken Goldfinger and Ajab and put them in a newer movie instead of one of the originals and you know, reverse roles, you know, how would that play? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I obviously, if we would have put Silva in an older movie, he might not have hold up as strong as he is in this movie. Same thing in with Goldfinger and Ajab. Have we put them in later movies? Um, they might not be as iconic as they were from being the original movies. Altogether, great villains um, and henchmen's and, and so on. Um, but it was like splitting hairs to go in either way. So we are throwing them in number one. Uh, again, <laughs> we're getting, we've realized that if you're in the top five, it's still number one. <laughs> we broke number one on the villains list. Goldfinger has been on there. Goldfinger From the was beginning. the third movie, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was saying the same thing when uh, we s- did the uh, movie listing, and what we had um, from Russia with Love was on was there at the top Gold- for the Gold- Goldeneye. Yeah. yeah, until Goldeneye, and that was only replaced with um, Casino Royale. So, mm-hmm. um, it, I, it's hard to see new movies outdo the old ones in any way so yeah this is our current agreement list between each other however like we said anything in the top five villains uh and the top 10 movie list are by all means good to go in our books yep um but with that that is the end of skyfall next movie specter from memory is not going to be as high on the list on either one It'll, uh, but I'm still it'll, looking forward to it'll, back into it'll, it. It'll beat out Quantum of Solace. I'm calling it right now. It'll be higher than Quantum of Solace, oh, yes. but it won't oh, be yes. it won't be top ten. No, no. Well, because I remember really enjoying Spectre, but after going back and rewatching Skyfall, I realized I like Skyfall a lot more than Spectre. So going back and rewatching it now that we've done these reviews, because the last mm-hmm. time I watched Spectre was before we started this review. Uh, so going in with different eyes and rewatching it and getting a better taste for it, I have a feeling it'll be lower on the list than, than Skyfall. But yes, like you said, better than Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that the story is continuing on to set things up for the new movie, so I'll have to keep that in mind too. Yep. Um, but with that, that is Skyfall. We hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, again, as long as we hope it's in the top of someone's list, 10 or 5, we're okay <laughs> with that. Um, but next week, we will be doing Spectre. And with that, Eric, I'll let you take out the outro. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you again for joining us for Friday Films Bond in Review featuring Skyfall, Daniel Craig's third to last Bond movie with No Time to Die still coming out in November. A little time to wait on that. But if you like what you listen to in this episode, don't forget you can follow us on any social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Who Do Prevents. Who Do Prevents? Presents. (laughs) Who Do Presents. Um, on any of your favorite social medias. Share your lists with us, ladies and gentlemen. We are right there at the end. We are we have we one movie left before before we're taking like a six month six month break for no time to die. Um plenty of time to catch up. Plenty of time to catch up. Share your list with us. Share your villain list with us. Let us know who your favorite bonds are. Let us know what your theories and predictions are gonna be for no time to die. Um, just talk to us or just swing by and say, what up? Uh, once again, during all of this COVID-19 pandemic we're dealing with, make sure you stay safe, wash your hands, social distance, stay indoors, flatten that curve, all that jazz. So with that, back to you, Jordan. All right. Again, thanks for joining us for Skyfall. And hopefully everyone gets a chance to watch Spectre before the next review. And until then, uh, let the credits roll.